The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. And today we're going to be talking about buying cars and all the things you can do to get the best possible deals on the cars. Uh, my guest is Linda Goldberg, who is the president of CarQ, your new car source. And we'll tell you a little bit more about her. First of all, welcome to the show, Linda. It's a delight to be here, and good afternoon, everyone. So uh, let's just start a little bit with your background, uh, Linda, before we get into actually what you do. Uh, give me a sense of uh, you know how you got into this uh, business of uh, buying cars for people. I entered into the industry as a lease and finance specialist where I stayed for some time and then decided to learn more about the industry and the practices of the industry, eventually leading myself through sales, sales management, finance management. Uh, I even worked for a while as an automobile broker and decided at that point in time that consumers needed someone to represent them exclusively, someone that could go in and level the playing field with car dealers. And eventually we began CarQ, and here we are today, 18 years later. What are some of the common misperceptions that uh, consumers have about uh, dealing with car dealers? They, they typically walk out or walk off the lot, uh, thinking they've got a good deal, and, and in many cases, if you analyze it, they don't. What, what are some of the misconceptions that consumers have? I think, above all, trust. And when consumers are willing to be that trusting, they become vulnerable. I think that it's important to go into a dealership knowing what your boundaries need to be in terms of monthly payments, and you need to be able to stay within a price range that will accommodate that uh, budget. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what kind of services CarQ offers and, and how that might contrast with some of the other uh, kinds of services. Because you see on the Internet, you see a lot of places out there where they say, you know, that we'll have to get the best deal in the car. How is what you do uh, different than a lot of those other places? Well, there are some key questions you can ask if, you, if you're not clear. First of all, if you're going to hire a buyer's agent, the buyer's agent must not be earning any compensation of any kind from anyone other than directly from you, the consumer. Uh, many of these uh, Internet car buying services are really advertising arms for car dealers and for manufacturers. And not disclosed as such, really. They don't disclose because they, they are not regulated on the Internet as strictly as they are in some states. Mm-hmm. As time goes on, uh, regulations will begin to appear. But if someone, if you ask the question, do you earn any compensation of any kind uh, from the dealers, the lenders, the manufacturers, or advertisers, that's going to clarify again where you should be looking, who you should be trusting to do business with. Buying a car can be very simple if you have the right tools to work with. Most consumers don't have access to those tools. You need access to proprietary information, and you also need access to proprietary personnel at the dealership level. So when you're looking through car services, you want to know what their alignment is, if any, with the car dealer. Tell me about some of those tools that you need, because uh, people might not be familiar uh, with some of those tools you're talking about that you need in order to be able to get a good deal when you're buying a car. When you're pricing automobiles, you will, as most people will, go to the Internet, and there are several websites that give you dealer cost versus suggested retail. The problem is that that pricing information is not accurate, so you have to build in another 2 to 5% for things like pre-delivery inspections, which are a, a valid part of taking delivery of a new car, you have to look for advertising charges that the dealer must pay uh, to participate in national and regional advertising. So by taking the pricing information that you have from the Internet 
and adding 2 to 5%, you're going to access more, uh, a closer uh, cost of reality in terms of the car. So when a typical consumer today who thinks they're sophisticated and savvy uh, is interested in a particular car, they go onto one of these Internet websites and see what the dealer cost is, and they go into their local dealer and say, I want it for this price, and he gets it. He thinks he's got a good deal. Uh, what, why has he not gotten a good deal? What is wrong with something like that? Because the market is participation, allocation from manufacturers to dealers in a region, all affect the selling price of the car. And if you don't know how much above or below dealer cost you need to offer the dealer, you'll never really know whether you've gotten a good price or not. As the buyer's agent, we go into the market. We know the right questions to ask. We know the right documentation to require to solidify pricing. Uh, I think that consumers can go in with a certain amount of information and the rest is guesswork. Just because you get a good price on the car, you still have three other areas where the dealer can earn profit. The biggest one of those is financing. And if you do financing or leasing, dealers buy and sell the money for profit just the way they do the vehicle. Then there's the trade-in. Consumers are losing between four and $6,000 by trading their cars in. So in terms of going in and finding a good deal, you have to take each one of these processes where the dealer is earning lots of profit, and you have to be able to short-circuit, if you will, that profitability. Uh, knowing what your used car value really should be, knowing whether you should sell it on your own. These are ways that you can put money into your bank account instead of the bank account of the dealer. What do dealers think of, of uh, dealing with you? It seems like they would shy away from that because they know you're going to get them a better, because consumers are better than they would get otherwise. What, what are your relations like with dealers? Dealers respond very positively now, because they don't pay CarQ any commission. There's no collusion in the relationship. Uh, dealers value the volume of business as well as retail business. Dealers move numbers of units. We fall into that, that fleet status, that volume status, although I have to say that the terminology of fleet and Internet manager have become highly used throughout the business, and those are not really the people that we're going after. We're going after a much higher level of management. So you're saying that the dealers welcome your calls and like to give you deals because you're going to be buying many more cars we than the actually, average person would only be buying a car every few years or so. Well, we actually don't buy the cars. The retail buyer is actually paying the selling dealer for the vehicle. That provides them factory warranty, and that's the way it should be. But what we represent, what CarQ represents to the dealer, as an ongoing relationship. The next time we have a buyer in that region, this dealer who has a good report card with us uh, from our clients, this dealer will be called again to, su to supply or to participate in the process of pricing. So I think dealers feel that they have a shot at business that they may have otherwise lost. So you have leverage that way because you're going to bring more deals to them, whereas an individual consumer going in, that dealer may not see that person for another three to five years or, or longer, and they don't have as much leverage as what you're saying. Is that right? And not only that, salespeople are only there for the day, and that's a, a way of, of drawing a picture. Salespeople at car dealerships move from one dealership to another. Uh, so the salesperson that helped you that time isn't likely going to be there the next time. And just because you got a good deal the first go-around doesn't mean you'll get a good deal the second go-around. It's important to understand the market in which you're buying your car, again, for out, because you won't know as a consumer what is being allocated to the dealer, what, how is the car being marketed in the region, is the manufacturer supplying the, that particular model to that particular region. All of those things will affect the selling price of the car. 
Okay, we're going to go to a break soon. I just want people to be able to contact you uh, if they're in the process of buying a car and see if you might be able to help them. Tell them uh, your website and phone number and how they might be able to contact you. Well, we're at www.carq, and that's spelled C-A-R, capital Q, carq.com, or you can reach us at 800-517-2277. And briefly, what can they find on your website? We have our fees are all published, so for each type of service we offer, we have an explanation and a cost for our fee. Our fees are the same to all buyers. We have a newsletter um, that also gives some free tips on how to buy a used vehicle, very important and good tips. Uh, We also have a lot of uh, great in-the-news stories that have been written about the buyer's agent about CarQ. Aren't there calculators of some kind as well to figure out whether it's better to lease or finance in different circumstances? No, but uh, those types of calculators can be found on the Internet as well uh, through the same types of uh, pricing services that one would go to. You can utilize whatever calculators they have. What CarQ does have, however, is a test drive guide, which is very helpful before you go shopping at the dealership this gives you some tips on how to main control, maintain control in that environment. Very good. Okay, I think we're going to go to a break now. So, uh, again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest is Linda Goldberg, the president of CarQ, your new car source, who's given some very good tips on buying cars, and we'll have more, particularly on leasing and financing, when we get back after this. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman, the host of The Money Answer Show, and I'm talking today to Linda Goldberg, who's the president of CarQ, your new car source, uh, probably the preeminent uh, buyer of cars on behalf of consumers uh, around the country. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. Let's talk about uh, financing versus leasing. Um, There there are pros and cons uh, of each. And uh, maybe let's start with financing. And 
why it would make sense to buy a car and finance it in, in today's environment, and then we can talk about leasing separately. So let's start with the financing. When do you think it's best for people to finance a car? If you intend to hold a car for more than a four- to six-year period, then financing the car down to a zero balance is always a good thing. If, however, you want to use the car as a, for business purposes or you want to replace your car or have a history of replacing your car every three to four years, then you might think about leasing. When you're leasing, you're essentially financing only half of the cost of the vehicle and deferring the other half of the cost off to the end of the lease. It's called a residual. If you lease the car, your payments generally run about $125 to $150 a month less than would be the same car if it were financed. Many times people feel that when leasing a car, they want to lease the car for the length of the factory warranty. So in some cases, you might lease the car for three years, in other cases, four years, uh, if your driving mileage, however, exceeds 15,000 miles a year, then you should give a second thought to leasing and probably select financing the car instead. You can buy more mileage, in effect, if you'd like. If your mileage turns out to be 20,000 miles a year, you can, in effect, get a lease with, with more mileage to it. Is that right? Well, you can do that. The lower the mileage, the lower the monthly payment. But you can always buy extra mileage going into the lease for a significant amount less than if you bring the car back and turn it back to the lender at the end of the term of the lease with excess mileage. An example might be you can buy mileage up front at 20 cents a mile, but if you return the car and it has excess mile, they could charge you as much as 30 cents a mile. So it's always cost-effective. If you know you're going to go in a parameter of, say, 15,000 miles a year, but you think that there's a possibility that you're going to go 17, then I would buy the mileage up front. Do you find that happens with a lot of people that they underestimate the mileage on a lease and they end up paying when they have to turn the car back in because they drove more than they expected? This happens because consumers get their leases through car dealers. And, again, the car dealer is buying and selling the money for profit, and they're certainly not going to ask you the kind of questions that are going to prohibit you from going into the lease. And if you get the right information going into the lease, if someone that you're working with asks the appropriate questions, then you shouldn't have that ever happen. But there are cases where someone has a job, they work and drive 15,000 miles a year, and all of a sudden they take a new job or they relocate, and all of a sudden now their mileage is twice as high. Well, as you see that occurring, you should be in touch with your uh, agent on the lease so that you can start to talk about buying the lease out early or turning the car back in early. Is that something you help people with if they are in that situation? You can help them negotiate or turn it in or do something with it if they know that there's trouble coming? Well, if they sense that there is, then there are some uh, there's homework that I give prospective uh, clients so that we can teach them how to find out what the value of their car is right at that particular time with that particular mileage and then compare that to what their current payoff would be. In a case like that, it's generally best to try and sell the car yourself. And I always encourage clients to try to sell their own cars, and we even teach clients how to sell your own used car. And would you do that over the Internet today, or is that the best way to sell your own car? Uh, well, there are tips uh, that I give my clients, and I work with clients in a consultation basis. It's a teaching consultation that lasts between a half hour and 45 minutes, and it is a teaching consultation done by phone. Um, to teach someone how to sell their own used car is to teach them once, because once you know how to do it, you will get more proficient at it as time goes on. But there are some very good ways to try and sell your own car, and that four to six thousand dollars that you would lose on the trade-in certainly can come in handy. On a lease, however, let's say that the residual at the end of the lease was ten thousand dollars, but your agent said to you the retail value is fifteen thousand. You might decide 
that's a good good motivation to want to sell it yourself not to turn it back into the lessor. So you could buy it at 10000 and sell it at 15000 Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And then on the financing side, now you hear a lot about 0% financing and all kinds of attractive financing deals. Are, are these, in fact, uh, good deals for consumers to take? 0% can never be beat. But many times that we have been used to listening for this 0% and it's not occurring the way it was five years ago. Uh, I'm seeing rates at this point are somewhere between 55 and 6.5 for the Tier 1 borrower. Meaning the high high credit. High credit, exactly. Um, I'm seeing rates between 6.5 and and 7.5 for uh, Tier 2, which is the lower FICA score. Roughly, what would be the FICO scores for Tier 1 and Tier 2? Tier 1 FICO score would be, in most cases, 720 or higher. Mm -hmm. A Tier 2 would be 680 to 720, uh, although I've seen subjective calls on approvals down to 650 for Tier 2. When you get below Tier 2, there's not much chance that you're going to be approved for a lease and as you hit Tier 3, you're going to see interest rates really go higher in the 10 to 12% range. Mm-hmm. There are some incentive programs that are available through the manufacturers that occur at different times during the month, and that's what they're there for, to act as an incentive to move vehicles at that particular time, and it may vary. Sometimes it may be through the manufacturer. Other times it may just be through the dealer. There is a kind of common perception that if you go to a dealer towards the end of the month or even on the last day of the month, you're going to get a better deal because they've got to get their sales into that month. Is that correct or are there pitfalls in that? There are pitfalls because there are dealers who have hit their target earlier in the month, so now they're just going for uh, additional profit margin. So it may not be the best dealer to work with. I do this on a daily basis, and what I find is if I if I have a sense that the dealer has already made their volume and now they're just going for gross profit, we keep moving along because we're going to be looking for the dealer who hasn't made their goals and who right now just wants to move a unit, not so much gain the gross profit. And so, they'll tell you, like, if they've made their... A quarter for the month or not? That's the information. No, well, it's not a matter of them telling. It's a matter of me being able to listen correctly when I'm asking questions. I think. Um, dealers have a way of telling without realizing they're telling. And that's because as a professional, you're going to communicate on a higher level with another professional whereas a consumer does not know how to make that communication in their favor. Uh-huh. Uh, salespeople are there to earn their 30 or 35% commission. A sales manager gets a 10% override of all of the commissions that everyone else earns. There's no one at the dealership that is motivated to want to save you money. The finance manager also earns 30 to 35% commission, as does the used car manager. So everyone is getting a piece of the action, if you will, and that's why there's no motivation for anyone there to want to save you money. If they've already made their target in terms of numbers of cars sold for the month and they are looking to make big profits on that last day of the month, obviously that's not a dealership you want to do business with. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So and you're saying that all the forces are kind of arrayed against the consumer, and you're the person who can help the consumer, in fact, uh, put things on your side. And I guess, do you help kind of have one dealer uh, bidding against another uh, in a competitive situation, so that's kind of helping you get a better deal by kind of playing the, the, bidder, the uh, dealers off against each other? I'm not more. I'm I'm reviewing the market by contacting every dealer, usually within a 60 to 90 mile radius of where my clients are located. And I also know from the right questions whether, we're, when we're shopping, we're not shopping for the car. We're shopping for a deal, and we're shopping for the right dealer to conclude that deal. So there are times when I talk to a dealer who gives me a very low price, 
but I know from talking to that dealer further that they're not really going to honor what they say. So it is that level of communication again, one professional knowing the right questions to ask and knowing how to listen for what the answer is really. And there are kind of offsets between the price and the financing, right? If you get a low price, the financing might not be as attractive. If you get very good financing, then the price might not be as attractive. Is that kind of a fair trade-off? Absolutely. Absolutely correct, because a dealer could give a car away for zero profit and make $2,500 profit on just the financing alone. And then on top of that might sell an extended warranty or cosmetic protection. And, again, they make huge commissions on those aftermarket sales. So you don't typically recommend that people do uh, extended warranties or those kind of things? I like extended warranties if they are priced properly, and the key is to get as close to the cost of the premium as possible. If a dealer pays $1,100, as an example, for an extended warranty and turns around and sells it for $3,600, you might find that to be rather typical. Well, In other cases, there's cosmetic protection. It costs the dealer maybe two to three hundred dollars, and they turn around and sell it for nine hundred to twelve hundred dollars. What happens, I think, for most consumers is they they start to really trust this, which is what we open the show with. When you trust the dealer, you're going to believe that they're going to suspend your disbelief. Okay, we're going to go to a break now. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman on the Money Answer Show, and again, my guest this hour is Linda Goldberg, the president of CarQ, the nation's leading car buying service. We'll be back after this. The bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow, with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be. Success over and over again, and wealth result when you Reap regularly. Reap what you sow with Alana Daily. Broadcast each Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Reap what you sow. Learn the rules of the game. Then play better than anyone else. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Linda Goldberg, who's the president of CarQ, your new car source, who's the nation's leading buyer of cars. Welcome back to the show, Linda. It's good to be here. Uh, just tell us briefly before we go to the next segment about how people can uh, contact you if they're in the market to buy a car, uh, both your phone number and your website. 
Our 800 number, again, is 517-2277, and our website is www.carq.com. Carq.com. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how you can find the value uh, of the new car if you're buying it in the first place, if you're selling an existing car, or replacing a used car. You're saying that people in many cases don't really understand the value and, and that's where they lose a lot of money. How can you find the appropriate value? Well, I defer to Kelly Blue Book, which is at kbb.com. Again, kbb.com. And I ask my clients to bring me three values, trade-in, private party, and retail. The trade-in value on any website is a manipulated dollar amount that's created to benefit the dealer. Uh, It is not really what the trade-in value should be, but it's a setup to consumers so that when they see that trade-in value and are offered even $2,000 below it, most consumers capitulate and accept the money. The reality is that the private party value is truly the low book or wholesale value of the car, and that's the dollar amount you really should be getting from the dealer on a trade-in. Then the retail is what it says. That is the retail value. Many people will contact me having had totaled their vehicle and they're looking for replacement value from their insurance company. And replacement value uh, is something that's very important to understand. It is the retail value that you research that really should be the replacement value. But you can also visit a website called autotrader.com and look for the car just like the one that was damaged on the Internet for sale through Autotrader. And you can then pick out three cars that closely represent your own car. With that information and the information that you've researched through kbb.com, I can now tell you very clearly what you will get if you trade the car in, what you will earn if you sell it yourself, and what you should earn if if replacement value is being provided by your insurance company. Can you ever get a good deal from dealers as far as trading, or are they always going to basically underprice or undervalue uh, the car you're trading in? I have never had a situation in many, many, many years that dealers offered high enough pricing for the trade-in, ever. Um, it's usually 2000 below trade-in value that's, that is put up on those websites now that dealers will offer. Uh, so I, I think that consumers cannot find a fair way to get money for their used vehicle other than to try to sell it themselves. And with the right guidance, you can sell a car very easily. And to me, the four to $6,000 is really important, and especially in today's world where things are expensive. And four to $6,000 added into the cost of a new car because the dealer is disallowing so much uh, for the trade is not a good way to go into the new car buying process. As far as how much money you can save buyers uh, who use you and use your services, uh, does it depend to some extent on the price of the car? If the the car costs more, can you save them more? Give give them a sense of the kind of savings uh, you can uh, deliver for people. Typically, it's between two and five thousand dollars off suggested retail on most mid-price cars. Mid-price meaning the twenty-five to thirty-five thousand dollar range. I always look at profit potential. What is the difference between dealer, real dealer cost and the suggested retail price? I call that profit potential. So there are some cars that are at the lower end uh, that may only have a profit potential of a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. There are cars in the sixty to seventy to eighty thousand dollar range that may have twelve thousand dollars profit potential. So once I know what the market availability is in a given region, and I've talked to dealers throughout the country on this make and model, I have a a real good sense of what the price point on the car should be. 
So are your fees based on how much you're going to be saving them? If you're going to save them 12000 do you get a higher fee than if you're going to save them 1500 No, we're providing a service of time and expertise and research, and everyone that subscribes to the service pays the same fee for the service. The service is to find you the best deal with the best dealer, get that deal price protected for you in writing, and then follow through so that you will be able to take delivery of the car and report back to CarQ if there are any problems or report back if it all went as planned. So each client is paying for that service rather than a commission for the purchase of the car. So tell us what the different fees are for the different levels of services you have. Well, there are three types of consumers when it comes to automobile purchasing. We have a review called the deal review. This is for the buyer who wants to go out and make their own deal, but before they sign their contract, they want their agent to review it to make sure that they're not getting ripped off. We charge $190 for that service. However, if we cannot save you the cost of your fee, we will waive the fee and tell you if you've already got your best deal. There are some stipulations that we require to do a deal review, and one of them is you must have the, the quote in writing from the selling dealer. You would then go back and renegotiate based on our recommendations, and that's for the buyer, again, who wants to control their own deal. For the buyer that wants to go shopping but they don't want to go shopping without pricing first, we have a, a consultation called the pricing consultation, which is $290. And for that, it is uh, we, we give some very specific pricing. It is a verbal consultation, and we teach you some of the tricks to avoid when you go off by yourself. And then our full service is $390. We do everything. We do the research. We provide you your information in writing. Your final deal is price protected in writing. And you simply go to the dealer for final approval. You turn over your money, get your keys. You should be in and out of the dealership in less than an hour. Um, so in, in people deciding whether they should uh, use your service, there may be some people who would be skeptical. It's like, oh, I, I'm a smart person. I can go and get a good deal myself. I don't have to pay Linda 190 or 390. What, what do you say to people like that who, who think they're smart enough to get themselves uh, just as good a deal as you could get for them? Well, I think there's a certain segment of the population that is probably smart enough to go in and make their own deal. They just have to know the tricks to avoid. Uh, you have to remember not to have, not to go into a situation where the dealer can suspend disbelief or ma- manipulate the truth. So there are those customers that really don't need an agent if, if in fact they think they can do that on their own. I have found that probably 10% of the population is prepared to do it on their own, but about 90% of consumers really need help. One of the things you've been saying constantly is getting things in writing from the dealer, what the offer may be and so on. Why is that so important? If, you, if the dealer says something, why is that? can't you take his word for it? Uh, because in the automobile industry, verbal quotes are not accountable. You can't stand in front of the court if you don't have anything in writing. Somebody that promises you something is promising it for a reason. They may know you're going to continue shopping, so they may lowball. This is a, a price that they know can never be beat in the real world, but they're sending you out with it because they're hoping to fish you back into their dealership. Uh, I mean, if, they, if they give you a lowball offer, don't you have the right to say, well, write it down for me? You have the right to say, write it down. Many dealers will write it down. Others will not. And does it have to be a formal, uh, like, a, a offer to purchase, or could it just be on a piece of paper where they put the, the price down? I mean, how formal when, does it have to be? When I do a deal review, I'm looking for the following information. We want a vehicle ID number so we know that they're talking about a specific vehicle. Uh, we want to know the list of all the factory and or dealer installed options so that when we're checking out the price for the client that we know how that car is equipped and we can equate apples to apples. We want a bottom line. You want to see the price of the car, 
and then sales tax, DMV fees, and any other dealer fees. In some states, as an example, Ohio has been regulated so that every car that gets sold has a dealer fee of $250. In Florida, they're not regulated, and dealer fees are up as high as five to $800. Consumers have to know that some of these fees um, are not being quoted in a verbal quote, but when you get down to the bottom line and you're signing your contract, all of a sudden another two or three or $500 pops out. That's not what you want to deal with. So when we're looking at a written quote, we want that, all of the information. We want to know what the dealer fee is. We want to know what all of the minor charges will be. Do you find some dealers will go back, even if they've given a written quote, then they won't honor it in some cases? In some cases where we do the deal review, um, we tell the client how to improve that deal. The dealer says, no, we're not going to do it. But then the client can come back to us and we'll credit them the fee that we charge them for the deal review and complete the transaction on their behalf, most likely with another dealer. Yes. Okay, we're about to go to a break. I just want people to have your phone number and website again if they, in case they want to if they're in the car buying process and want to get your advice, give that to them again. We're at 800-517-2277, and our website is www.carq.com. Very good. This, again, is uh, Jordan Goodman, uh, host of the Money Answer Show, and my guest uh, this hour is Linda Goldberg of carq.com. If you're shopping for a car, uh, this is a woman you probably should want to talk to because she's been through the wars and knows all the different tricks out there. Um, so uh, we'll go come back for our final segment after this. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. And my guest this hour is Linda Goldberg, who is the president of CarQ.com. Uh, the largest and best respected uh, car buying service uh, in the country. Welcome back to the show, Linda. Good afternoon again. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a controversial topic here, which is uh, some manufacturers are advertising uh, vehicles uh, knowing in advance that there really aren't that many cars around, 
Uh, Tell me a little bit what's happening there and how that's affecting consumers. Well, the lack of availability uh, is a big issue. Uh, Manufacturers are advertising vehicles and then intentionally not supplying those regions with the vehicles. It causes a very highly inflated selling price. In many cases, it will even cause a feeding frenzy where people will stand in line for a year waiting for a car to arrive at a highly inflated price. And I think the manufacturers have to begin to accept responsibility for their advertising and for their promotions. If they are uh, asking consumers to come in and buy their product, then that product should be readily available. Uh, we've had some issues over the last 30 days with one of the manufacturers, and uh, as a consumer advocate, as a consumer, uh, I report these issues to the Federal Trade Commission. And if a consumer is finding that a car has been advertised in their region and not available, they can contact me at 800-517-2277 or they can contact the Federal Trade Commission at 877-382-4357. Has the FTC actually done something about these cases after they receive these complaints? I have found that within 90 days of the complaint, all of the, I will find that these vehicles are now readily available. Huh. Uh, it happened with, uh, there are several manufacturers that have a history. Of if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear some of the manufacturers and which cars they're advertising now that may not be available, if that's all right. In the last 30 days, in the Midwest and the West, in the uh, central part of the country, the Honda CRV being advertised uh, is not available anywhere. Very, very few availabilities of two-wheel drives. Uh, and this allows dealers, of course, to push people into four-wheel drives, which cost more money. And four-wheel drives are obviously cars that would sell well in snowy climates. Uh, several years ago, the Acura MDX was not available, and you had to pay premium prices over manufacturers' suggested retail. This was true for hybrid cars as well. Uh, this was true for the Honda Prius for two years. That has that complaint resulted in getting cars into the marketplace, along with the manufacturer realizing that there was going to be a greater demand. Uh, so having the government uh, slap the hand of a manufacturer who isn't performing according to advertising I think is very important. Uh, when dealers start asking five or $6,000 over the manufacturer's suggested retail price just to be the first kid on the block to own a car, I don't think it's good consumerism, and I, I don't encourage consumers to do that. Do you see premiums for hybrids? Is that going to continue to be there, or are they producing more of them now? No, I think that the production is up, and and complaints have been made. I do believe that you're starting to see much more availability. But there are several cars in the marketplace that have been what I consider price-fixed. This is when dealers in a region all agree with one another that they will sell a car at a certain price. And uh, the Mini Cooper comes to mind, um, in, 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 as does the Saturn products, uh, where dealers have all prearranged with each other and the manufacturer that they will sell this car for only a certain price. And when you're overpaying a car purchase price by two or $2,500, that's too much. Um, and if, you're, if, if you have a client who wants to buy... A Mini Cooper in that situation. Are there things you can do to to break that uh, monopoly and, and get a decent price? Well, it's generally only if they're leasing or financing the car that we can help. I don't take on any client that we can't save money. I don't take on any client if we can't save them their fee. But in the case of the Mini, uh, we can save the money on their leasing and on their finance rates. We we do have access to the buy rates. But uh, the price of the car is being price-fixed. That is illegal to have price-fixing, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is illegal. And there have been cases that have gone to court uh, regarding this very issue. So I think that the manufacturers have to pay attention to what consumers 
uh, when consumers complain. And if you don't complain to the Federal Trade Commission, then no one is going to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, in, in leasing or financing a car, um, you often shop uh, not the captive uh, finance dealer. Right? So if you go to a, get a GM car, you don't only have to go to GMAC, or if you get a, a Lexus, you don't only have to do it through Lexus Finance. Is, that correct? is there kind of a... Uh, a wider market where you can find good financing and leasing deals? It used to be, but not much anymore. The manufacturers are now not only building and supplying vehicles, but they're acting as their own banks. And once the manufacturer starts acting as a bank, the dealer is discouraged from looking for, for any outside or private financing. So I recommend that you get a control rate. And you do that as a consumer by getting approved through your credit union or joining a credit union uh, in your area that will allow you to borrow money at a lower rate than a conventional lender would. But uh, the manufacturers have gone up very high. Right now, Mercedes-Benz is at 9.5% on, on their leases. And uh, I'm seeing Toyota's leases at about 6 to 7%. So the, the lease rates from some of these manufacturers, because they are banking as well, they have now they're controlling their own marketplace. So if you do, if you somebody wants to buy a Toyota and they're being offered six or seven percent, can you find them an outside lease rate that would be better than that? Uh, no, because not many of the car dealers are going to have access to outside lenders anymore. So it's pretty much up to the consumer now to shop for their outside financing. If I'm saying that's something you can help them with because most consumers wouldn't know how to do that. No, I can. I, generally, you can go to your own bank, your own lender, or find your own credit union. And then when we go into the marketplace to shop for the car or the rate uh, for the financing, we already have that control rate. We already know what the customer has as a rate. As an example, uh, on a Mercedes, my client recently decided that he would not go with the Mercedes-Benz lease. And, in fact, we did a comparison of what the lease versus financing would cost at this lower interest rate that he got from his credit union. And it served him better to actually finance the car through the credit union than to take the lease at the higher rate through Mercedes-Benz. And so what the service you offered was to help them before they even got into the dealer. They knew what they had. It's kind of like with a mortgage where you're kind of pre-approved for mortgage before you even start bidding on homes. You kind of know what you can deal with before you get to the actual point. Is that that, that control rate is very important, and when I have it, then it gives us a lot of leverage in how we're going to negotiate a rate through a dealer. Um, you, rates can always be negotiated if you have very high credit, a very high credit rating. You're always going to be able to negotiate a bit, uh, even from the manufacturer's rates. So the, 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 you, you, you kind of go in and they think that this is the rate and that's all it is, but you're saying this can definitely be uh, negotiated down, particularly if you have good credit. Well, we're doing that with our clients and for our clients, and we're getting those rates down, and we're getting our, their monthly payments set up in writing so that when they get to the dealership, there's no further discussion about what their monthly payment is, gonna, is going to be. We've protected it for them. Very good. Okay, we're about to end. So, uh, Linda, just one last time. I think if people, obviously they understand all the expertise you have and the whole very complex uh, process of buying a car, uh, tell them uh, your phone number and website again if they wanted to contact you. We can be reached at 800-517-2277, and our website is www.carq, that's C-A-R, capital Q, dot com, carq dot com. Well, thanks so much. It's been really fascinating to see all the ins and outs of what it takes to buy a car, uh, you versus uh, brokers and the different uh, pros and cons of financing versus leasing, uh, this whole question of uh, advertised vehicles that you can't go out and find. <laughs> and uh, it, it's really been quite fascinating. So thank you again, Linda, and I hope the uh, listeners find this uh, useful in, in their purchases of it's cars It's been a well. pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. And again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and we'll hear, uh, speak to you next time. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.